Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. This is Black Writer Space, and I am your host tonight, Miss Mocha. And tonight, our guest is Daniel Black. I am really excited to have him on. He is. Uh, he has a couple of books, but one in particular book that I think is really, really great is called Perfect Peace. And I'm going to bring Daniel on the air. Hello. I'm here. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Not a problem. Not a problem. Um, <clears throat> I am really, um, you know, I saw your book probably like, when did that book come out? 2010. March 2010. Okay. Right. Right. And that probably, that was probably the same year I saw it. But I didn't, I did not end up buying it, but a friend of mine read it a couple of days, the night that I emailed you. Uh-huh. And oh, perfect. She said it's a real good book. That she, I said I know what book you're talking about. So uh-uh, give me the author's name. I'm gonna get him on the show. So thank you for taking the time out of uh, your busy schedule to chat with us tonight. I'm and uh, I've been posting the cover all over the place because oh, I particularly wow. love the color. The I cover. I'm sorry, the cover of the book. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we're just gonna jump right in. I have a co-host, but he'll. He'll jump in in a minute. Oh, here's my Okay. Just give me one second. DeAndrea? Yes. How are you? We have Daniel I'm, Black on the line. Hi. I'm so excited to talk to you, Daniel. How are you today? Thank you. Fantastic. I'm absolutely glad to be a part of this discussion. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, We're just going to go ahead and get started and just want you to tell us a little bit about you. Um, okay. I know you said your bio, but I want our listeners to, 
to hear it straight from you. Um, how long have you been writing? Um, maybe you can tell us about your first novel. Okay, okay. Yeah. I've been writing pretty much all my life. Um, I started writing in high school, started writing poetry and fiction, some really bad poetry and fiction, uh, I'm sure. But I've always kind of had the desire to do it, uh, the uh, the drive, and I've kept it up pretty much my whole life. I started publishing, however, as a young faculty member at Clark Atlanta University in, um, I guess, right around 2005 or so. My first novel came out, which is titled They Tell Me of a Home. And that novel came out to um, to some pretty good national acclaim, and it's pretty much been uphill since. Uh, I've just been having a ball. I've, I've been a professor at Clark Atlanta University 20 years. This is my 20th year. I also teach at Morehouse College. And wow. I really feel like I'm in the middle of uh, my life calling, my life's mission. You know what? That's awesome because a lot of us don't even get to that point. So just to hear and talk to people who are actually living it, you sound happy. You sound like you're enjoying it. And like you said, you're you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. So that's awesome. Yes. Yeah, yeah I definitely think so. Okay. Um, so now I have uh, I have questions that people have been shooting me all day long. But one okay. of the major <laughs> is about perfect peace. Because, mm-hmm. um, of course, you know, when, when you read the, the little summary of what the book is about, it mm-hmm. blows you right there. So right, right. I, I read the, um, the the little inside before you get to the first chapter, and it said, you know, all the 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 uh, storyline was, was fictitious and all of that. How did you come right. up with this? This, you know, this story is off the chain. <laughs> and it's so different. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Was this so? This wasn't based off a true story or anything. No, no, no. It wasn't wasn't based off a true story of of any sort. I had an experience many years ago where I saw a child whose gender I could not determine. You know, how you look a person, you look at a person, and you wonder, is that a boy or a girl? Yes, and, androgynous. Yeah. They were androgynous. They seemed rather androgynous, right? And so I had that experience, and I began to wonder from that experience what life would be like as a person who had lived both genders, and if that would even be possible. And um, and my imagination just took off from there. And I wanted to set this story in um, in a black community because I'm very interested in the ways, particularly in which people of African descent in America deal with issues of gender, sexuality, while also dealing with issues of race and class and all of that. And I'm also, I also wanted to set it uh, in the 1940s because I wanted to examine what the exploration of this issue might have looked like in its, in, at its kind of cultural inception, meaning, you know, when, when folks first began to wrestle with this issue of sexuality and gender difference, like how, what, what might have that battle been like? And so that kind of explains my choices there. Also, I'm very much interested in how we wrestle with issues in America, issues of gender and sexuality and God and religion. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, all of that, of course, is all infused in the book as well. Okay. Wow. So, let me see. You know, I just wanted to say, um, even with you talking about your educational background, you are very modest. I think that it's very important to mention that you uh, received your scholarships to go overseas, um, graduated magnum cum laude of your class. Wow. Um, you majored in African-American studies, and it seems that, 
between going through the historical black colleges that you have been a great influence in um, more than one, actually, um, but that you really uh, started foundations and different things like that. So I just wanted to say kudos for, you know, staying with your grassroots. You could have gone any other direction. I'm obviously very smart, very talented, but just wanted to say kudos to you for going back and even with writing, just setting it back into the, um, you know, 1940s um, African-American era so that we can see, like you said, what it would have been like to explore those things in those days. It's very hard now, but imagine back then what it was like. That's right. That's right. Exactly. And that's kind of the whole point. Um, you know, everybody now has heard of what it means to be gay or, or bisexual or transgendered, lesbian, all of that. Uh, but there was a day in this country where um, there were people who had no idea what to do with a person who identified himself or herself other than boy and girl. Absolutely. They had just no idea what to do with this person. You know, is this a freak of nature? Is this an anomaly? Is this some kind of evil that's encroached upon our community? And so I was very much interested in what were the what was the price people paid mm. in the 40s and 50s um, to 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 pave the way for people to have far more fluid conversations and far more fluid identities now. You know, this came at a very, very dear price for someone. You know, now, of course, a person can stand up and say, you know, I'm transgendered or I'm lesbian or I'm gay, you know, and and most of us just go to bed and never think about it twice. But there was a day when um, people truly, 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 truly killed you for that and and or kept you out of heaven for it. Yes, and you know, the era that you you put it in is – significant because one even though we're still trying times for african americans it was a booming time when there were businesses and things like that and a lot of times um people blamed the parents you know it was frowned upon if there was something wrong with your child it was always you know it could be an issue with you know were you doing what you were supposed to do to get yourself into heaven and maybe this was a punishment for god so the area that you put it in makes it so awesome so again i'm blown away Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And we so just want to unfold it. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just saying. I want to. I want to get. And for those, I've I've read the bio, and I know we have people that have been on the book club. But for those that are listeners that are not familiar, give us a little bit of meat and potatoes. Like unfold the story for us. Let us know kind of where we are and what what what's going on. What is okay. perfect peace? Perfect peace is the story of a very desperate mother in the 1940s who has six sons. And she's married, uh, and she has wanted, she has dreamed about, she has longed for a daughter all of her living days because of the way she was treated as a little girl, the, the abuse she endures as a little girl. She has longed for the day when she could rear a little girl the way she dreamed her mother would have treated her. So for the seventh time, she gets pregnant, and the novel opens with her giving birth. And lo and behold, she has a male child. Wow. But Imogene, in her desperation, in her emotional distress, decides to raise this seventh child the seventh, the seventh male baby, as the daughter she's always wanted, mm. and in doing so, she's she believes she can take on, she can handle, she can bear 
uh, the weight of what it will mean to raise this child as a little girl because she just needs it so desperately. Well, mm-hmm. she deceives the family. She deceives her husband. She deceives the other boys. She deceives the entire community. She deceives the world. She even believes she's deceived God by introducing mm-hmm. this new being, this perfect child into the world, whom, ironically, she names perfect. Wow. And and so the story is the first half of the novel is about how she pulls off this scheme and how, how really perfect this child's life is, the sacrifices she goes through to give this child just a dream life as a little black girl in the country. The second half of the novel is what happens to Imogene, the mother, what happens to this child, the prices both people are, are made to pay, um, uh, the prices particularly this innocent child even is made to bear for uh, his, her mother, having made such just a fatally flawed decision, but also how this child survives and the beauty this child endures, the way in which this child constructs life, constructs meaning, constructs identity out of this very um, flawed, this very, uh, in many ways, demented uh, beginning that he or she uh, has. So the novel is really about how this child is able to survive and, and to create, for all practical purposes, uh, his own perfect piece coming from a beginning almost unimaginable. Wow. Now, I just have to ask, what made you, I know you said that you saw someone transgender and or androgynous and it was very difficult, but where did you get the, the meat and potatoes of it? Um, did you do research or is it just strictly from the imagination of Daniel Black? <laughs> Well, um, it's probably mostly my imagination, but there certainly is intellectual knowledge which which went into uh, the construction of this novel. I have a Ph.D. in African American Studies, and I took courses dealing with gender and sexuality and identity and those kinds of things in graduate school, which were absolutely positively invaluable in serving as the backdrop for this novel. I certainly could not have written it um, without such information. And I would have had to do far more extensive research had I not studied these topics and these issues um, prior to writing this novel. But most of the novel, in terms of the details and in terms of who says what to whom, and et cetera, um, really does come from my imagination and just ways in which um, I just imagine what it would be like to have this kind of experience, and on a very personal level, ways in which some of my own personal experience growing up as a black boy in the rural South informs my knowledge of of how the characters talk, how they act, how men act, how women act, what are the social conventions of black male behavior in a rural Southern place, what are the social conventions of black female behavior, you know, just, just pulling on my own upbringing and my own rearing in the country certainly um, gave me the kind of um, knowledge whereby I could um, write this novel with the, with the necessary nuances in order to um, make it believable, you know, to make it real. Wow. Right. I'm, I'm so impressed. <laughs> wow, <Yes>. thank you. <laughs> this is awesome. I love having guests like yourself on that have so much that it's like, wow, wow. <laughs> um, I thank you so much. Thank you. Not a problem. What I want to know is um, the other. You have how many books do you have total? I have four novels published. Uh, my first novel is titled "They Tell Me of a Home." My second novel is "The Sacred Place," that mm-hmm. is a fictitious retelling of the murder of Emmett Till. Oh, uh, yes. 
my yes, Perfect Peace is my third novel, and my fourth novel just recently released is titled Twelve Gates to the City. Wow. Okay. So each one has a whole different uh like nothing is like similar in stories. Everything is totally Well, the first own. and the last, the first novel, they tell me of a home, and my most recent novel. My most recent novel is a sequel to my first novel. Oh. Okay. Okay. So tell us about they tell they tell of a home. We say they tell they, me they of tell a home. They tell me of a home. They tell me oh. of a home. Yes. They tell me of a home is the story of a young man named Tommy Lee who very much like me, who grew up in rural Arkansas and who desires to go to school. And he leaves at 18, going to college. Um, All of that happens prior to the knowledge, I mean, prior to the novel. The novel is centered around T.L.'s return to Swamp Creek and his life, um, his perception of himself, his perception of his people, um, the world he finds when he comes back home with a Ph.D. in hand. And uh, the welcome or the lack of welcome he gets uh, from now becoming this man of letters and this man who is intellectually endowed. The novel is really about what he discovers um, about his people and the beauty of these rural country folks. Um, And it's a beauty that he just never saw before. And he discovers ways in which actually it's because of this town and these people and these rural southern ways that uh, he was endowed with the kind of power, the other kind of intellectual power, to leave and to go and, and become educated and to return home. He, he he vowed that he would never come back to this place again, this godforsaken country place where ain't nothing to do. Right. But um, but in this novel, he finds himself back there, and he finds himself just absolutely taken and absolutely mesmerized with a history and a culture he just. He was just too immature to recognize before. Now, is that a, a sort of an autobiography, that part of it? it is, it's certainly autobiographical. I mean, it's certainly autobiographical. It's certainly autobiographical in many, many ways. Um, maybe 30 or 40% of the novel is autobiographical. The other, again, just my imagination. Because this sounds like it's a subject near and dear to your heart. And, I, I mean, just knowing, just reading your bio and knowing that you studied abroad and, you know, uh, Miss Mocha and I and Mario as well are all interested in pursuing degrees. I have my bachelor's and I want to go forward. And um, we all, you know, have this passion with school and writing. And, you know, it's just awesome to have someone, even to know, you know, you hear people say study abroad. It sounds so, you know, so romantic, but, you know, you're here, you did it, you know. Yes. And I don't want to get away from your books, but I do, before we get off the air, want to ask you a little bit about that. Um, A little about just kind of my educational process in general? Yeah, no, about going to Oxford and studying, you know, overseas. Wow, was it was that? an amazing experience. It really was an amazing experience. I learned a lot. Oxford is a beautiful, beautiful, very ancient, very Gothic kind of campus, uh, just a beautiful place. The thing I think that sticks out most in my mind, that's most memorable to me, you might find this um, a bit intriguing, and that is that my undergraduate experience at Clark College then was probably twice as difficult as my academic experience at Oxford. Really? The classes at Clark were far more rigorous. They demanded far more excellence. Oxford was very 
flexible. It was very kind of loosely structured. They didn't put the kinds of demands on students that Clark did. And, of course, it took me going to Oxford to see that, you know, black colleges were still in the 80s in that mode of you have to be twice as good if you're going to make it in the world. And they created mm-hmm. us to be that way. Oxford didn't excellent. have that kind of commitment. And for those of us that don't know where Oxford is, can you just let it tell the listeners? Yes, Oxford is 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 in England. Oxford is about an hour, an hour and a half south of London. Wow! Beautiful, and beautiful how country. Are you, how were you blessed to to be there? Well, I got I received a study abroad scholarship uh, as a junior, my junior year at Clark Atlanta. Um, I I did well as an undergrad student, and I received a full scholarship to go there and study. Uh, I was part of what was called the Oxford Modern British Studies Program. And everything was paid for, and it was fantastic. It was amazing. While I was there, I got to to go and visit Paris and other you know European countries, and it was just an experience of a lifetime. Well, that is awesome. We're gonna take a quick break, but when we come back, just briefly, I want you to tell us about being an African American male and educate educated African American male, and what that was like going to another country, and was that a great impact or not? So okay. speak on that question, and we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Daniel Black. Thank you.
Good evening, and we are back. This is Black Writers Space, and I'm your host, Miss Mocha. I have my two co-hosts with me tonight, uh, Mario Givens and DeAndrea Bridges. And also tonight, our guest is, if you just tuned in, his name is Daniel Black. Awesome author, writer. Um, he's just, uh, it's too much to name. <laughs> but I'm so <laughs> him on my show. I'll be talking forever. Um, so we're going to get back in. Mario, you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, yes. Okay, okay. Okay. How you doing today, Daniel? What's happening, my brother? It's a pleasure to meet you, man. Oh, no, it's a pleasure to meet you. I'm sitting here watching everything you got going on. Oh, wow, you're amazing, bro. Man, I'm trying to be, man. <laughs> what you mean trying? You are. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. Humble, I like that. So, are you gonna, okay? So, go ahead, just answer that last question for me about uh, African American and studying abroad, and how was it? It was really profound. Um, the thing in the eighties was um, there was racial tension in London at the time. Well, actually, in England at the time that. Um, I certainly experienced. I was called nigger a couple of times in um in Oxford. It wasn't it wasn't traumatic in the sense that, you know, nobody tried to, you know, hose me down or burn me at the stake, anything like that. But um I was absolutely aware that I was a person of African descent at Oxford. The teachers were extremely kind. They were very, very warm. They were very welcoming. I did not feel discriminated against in that kind of manner at all. It was much more in the larger kind of everyday society. Um, I, I, I definitely want to say that I think Paris was probably the most, uh, what would I say, the most welcoming place I had ever been to at the time, where you know, you know, most of the folks were of European descent, but. But my my race as an African was absolutely inconsequential, it seemed. I really, really, really enjoyed that about Paris. And it, it, I was just never forced to be aware of, of race as an issue. And and I remember just that being profound uh, to me. And and I remember saying, too, I understand why James Baldwin and Richard Wright and, um, and others had, had escaped to Paris, because they wanted to live in a place where they could be human, and um, and Paris offered that, and and of course they had been there years prior to my being there, but I had a similar experience. All right, well, thank you very much for that, Mario. Yes, I'm here. I'm here. Hi. Well, I, hey, how you doing today? All right. You said what? I said I'm good. I'm good. Go ahead, jump right in. Uh, you already know I'm ready. Uh, I was looking at your book, the one that uh, the one that says they tell me of a home. Yes. And I pretty much want to know, as far as the cover, where did you get the motivation to do that, and what is the cover about? Because for those who don't see the the book itself, I see a man walking. Where is he going? He's returning home. Uh, you see, he has the briefcase. He has the sport coat over his shoulders. So, you know, he's clearly a more cosmopolitan man. He's a more learned man now. He's a man of letters. And you see he's walking down this dirt road. So there's this way in which we're contrasting him as an educated man and his apparent appearance as one who might come from a kind of educated ilk. 
contrasting that with the dirt road and with the barren countryside and um and, and you know this being a kind of metaphor of the place from which he's he's come and um I like that cover very much um the cover artists at St. Martin's Press have done just an amazing job with every book cover. I've been very, very pleased. And the thing I'm probably most pleased with is that they always consult me and always ask me if I like it. And if there's something I think needs a little tweaking, they're always just so willing to accommodate any of my opinions. And, and that's not true at every publisher, nor is it, uh, nor is it necessarily an author's right to uh for that to be so, but but my publisher, St. Martin's Press, has been extremely, extremely good about that, and they just have an amazing cover art department. Hmm. Okay. Is As far as your writing style and the things you write about, is there one topic that you would never touch or you just write about anything that comes to mind? I don't think there's anything I'm at least declaring I would never touch. I, I think every author has particular ideas and ideologies which are dear to them, which they tend, you know, which tend to come up in their works over and over. Like, you know, Toni Morrison um, usually writes about women and um, and issues of women, issues of abuse, issues of women's spiritual power, et cetera. Ernest Gaines write, tends to write about uh, rural Southern black communities, rural Southern black men, particularly as protagonists. So I think, you know, that I, too, have my own penchant and I have my own particular bent in terms of what I write about. And, and and when I think of my novels, I always seem to be concerned with the role and the place of the black church. Um, I do a lot with um, gospel music. I'm a, I'm a gospel musician. I'm also very much concerned with issues of uh, difference, issues of gender, issues of sexuality, issues of identity. So that comes up in my work um, over and over again. And I'm very much also interested in the connection between um, African-Americans and land. I think there's something about identity that is tied to and associated with the land itself, how how black folks are connected to the very soil. And so I see that that comes up in my work a lot. So that's probably what I'd say. Wow. I have one more question. Well, just one more question for you. Uh, as far as a lot of your um, book signings and stuff like that last year, I noticed that you get a lot of discussions. Pretty much, can you elaborate a, a little bit more about the discussions that you have last year? Oh, my God, wow. I've had, I'm, <laughs> I'm positive I've done more than 100 discussions of Perfect mm-hmm. Peace. Easily, easily, maybe 150, like no exaggeration. And everyone is different. Um, I've done tons of book clubs. I've spoken to several colleges and universities. Uh, I've had lots of private kinds of conversations. And, again, everyone is different. The other thing I think is most intriguing about the discussions is just the realization that black people really, really do read. And I'm saying that because I've always known that, but I feel like um, this book has helped me see and helped the world to kind of get exposed to, you know, this whole notion that if you want to hide something from black people, put it in a book. It's just not true. It is just not true. And and so many readers have told me, um, have expressed their gratitude for me, you know, writing specifically about black folks and even about rural country black folks and to write about us in a way that breeds a kind of dignity and a kind of honor and a kind of integrity instead of writing about black folks uh, only as folks who want to have sex and make money. 
good point. Um, I have a couple of questions I would like okay. to ask. Um, I'm so amazed by you. I'm really, I'm so glad that I, I emailed you and, and you, you responded right back, and I got you on the show. I'm really excited about that. This oh, is I'm what glad, I and I'm glad to be here. I really am. Thank you. Yes, and we will be having you back because I know you got so much more coming up. Um, well, I'm certainly trying. Okay. Um, <laughs> who is your favorite author, and who inspires you? Just to name a oh few, my if you gosh. want to I have so many writers whom I appreciate and whom I honor, whom I read. Um, my God, where to start? Where to start? Um, you know what? I'm I have big... one in mind, and I want to ask you, are you familiar with his work, or was it any type of inspiration? Elan Harris, did you ever? Okay. Let yeah. me hold him for a minute. Let me hold him for a minute. Um, I want to say James Baldwin. I want to okay. say Toni Morrison. Um, Alice Walker, oh. Gloria Naylor, uh, Langston Hughes. I love Paul Lawrence Dunbar. Okay. I love um, I love Philip Roth. I like um, Joyce Carol Oates. I'm a big fan of Jonathan Franzen. I like. Um, in fact, there's a, a, a Japanese young lady who published a novel this year called The Buddha in the Attic. Just a beautiful, beautiful lyrical um, novel, uh, a short novel, but it's just beautifully done. I'm becoming a fan of the young lady who won the National Book Award this year. Her name is Jez- Jasmine Ward, and she wrote a book called Salvage the Bones. Uh, that's very, very good. I'm enjoying that very much. There's a brother named Rick Bragg who's a Southern writer whom I like very, very much. I love his cadence. I love kind of his tempo, his rhythm, his language. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big Sonia Sanchez fan in terms of poetry. Um, I like um, I like Jericho Brown, uh, who's also a poet. Uh, you know, so I, I just read so many people that, you know, I, I have books on the floor at home. I have books in the bed. I have books right. on the shelves. I just have books everywhere. So uh, with that said, Elin Harris, um, when Elin Harris published his first book, Invisible Life, um, mm-hmm. back in the 90s, I think that was, I remember getting a copy. Of course, he's from Arkansas, too. I got a copy and I read it. And I remember being intrigued, not so much by the quality of the writing, but I remember being intrigued by a man who was just bold enough to write about this subject. Mm-hmm. And so for that, I have always appreciated him. Um, I, I would have liked him to be a bit more literary, but you know okay. that's just my own desire. But but in terms of in terms of his subject matter and the boldness of his subject matter, I certainly bow before him. I really do. and certainly a man who transitioned too soon. Right, I know. I was so disappointed. He was one of my favorites. So, so. yes, yes, yeah. yes. My show, yeah. But um, let me see what else did I want to ask. Goodness, um. Okay, as far as okay, perfect peace. Perfect peace was the most recent, right? So, no, no. The, uh, no. the most recent is Twelve Gates to the City. Twelve Gates to the City. Okay. Okay. Now, well, first let me ask you about Perfect Peace. Let me ask you about that cover. Was that okay. actually a girl, or was it something that was drawn, or and they just, you know. 
perked it up as far as the editing. What's that? I, that, I love that picture. I'm a photographer. I also. love that picture too. It's just an intriguing, intriguing, intriguing picture, and 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 it's just been an amazing cover. Um, it is a picture of an actual child. Um, the cover artist at at St. Martin's found that picture, and it has just worked wonders. I um I believe the doll was cropped in. I don't think the doll was part of the original cover. I think they cropped in the doll. And they also um, redid her hair so that, you know, it looks like two ponytails there. But other than that, I I believe that that is uh, an original picture and just an absolutely gorgeous one. It is. It's beautiful. Tiffany? Yes? You have you you some more questions, Steve? I do, I do. Um, Daniel, can you pronounce? Um, is is this your middle name? I don't want to. I don't want to mispronounce it. I, don't. I can pronounce it. Yes, no problem. It's it's all long O's. Omoto show. Omoto show. Okay. Omoto show. And is yes, that yes, your yes. middle name, or is that a middle name that you've adapted? That is a middle name I've adapted. That's not my biological middle name. Um, my birth middle name is a name I um. Well, I guess I can say it. It's not a secret. <laughs> my birth <laughs> name is Pierre. My mother named me Daniel Pierre. Um, oh. But many years ago, um, I, I was part and still am part of a just an amazingly wonderful, just sacred African rites of passage community called Indugu and Nthinga. Mm-hmm. And uh, through that process is how Indugu, Indugu, and Nzinga. Um and through that through that process is how I acquired the name Omotosho. And it's um that process, that society, that community of individuals have truly, truly, truly been my mainstay, my um my right arm, my left arm. They have held me up in ways that I could never, ever, ever thank them for. Just the most amazing community of people I've ever known. Now, is there a meaning behind Omotosho? Is there right? Um, yes, yes, yes. Omotosho okay, really has a, a meaning double meaning. Behind- Yes. Anything that begins with Omo, typically in uh, Yoruba, in, um, from from Nigeria, means child. So Omo typically means child, that prefix. And Omotosho means this child is priceless, or we would die without this child. Oh, that's awesome. I love yeah. that. Yes, it really is. Yes, yes. And tell me about, now, tell me about, and I, I, I maybe I'm, I thought, so Nzinga is not first, it's Indugu Nzinga? It's Indugu that- Nzinga, only because, yes, only because Indugu was started or founded a year prior to Nzinga. But once Nzinga was founded, Indugu and Nzinga is one community, it's one organization, you know, it's just one society. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, we started with one for, Indugu is the male component, Nzinga is the female component. Okay. And this this is the society, Rights of Passage Society, that focuses on instilling principles and characters in the lives of African-American youth, correct? That's correct. Okay. Can you expound upon that and just let our listeners know exactly what this community is and what it means to you? Yes. Oh, yes. It is, uh, again, it's it's my joy. It's my heart. It's my life. It's my lifeline. Um, it is a community of individuals who desire to master the self, to know the self, to love the self, to understand the self, and to make the greatest contribution both to ourselves and to the world. It is a community where we use African traditions 
to discover who we are, to discover what we are, to discover how to live together, to discover our spiritual gift, to discover why, why God sent us to the planet at all, and to understand that to live out that purpose and that mission is the only real joy of life. Wow. That's amazing. I'm so impressed. Oh, my God. I am too. Now, where, well, where um, is this? Some place that you meet? Is this something that you do online? Is this? Um, how, oh no, 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 no! It's it's very live and in person. And in fact, we meet twice a week, without mm-hmm. fail, rain, sleet, snow, or shine. We meet twice a week, and um, and and we come together. And all of us are required to be there. And we hold attendance sacred and holy. So uh, if we're not there, uh, we. We tell each other where we're going or why we won't be there. Ninety percent of the time, all of us show up because, again, we, our aim is to really transform both ourselves and 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 the world um, by transforming the self. And it's made up of men and women, married, single, uh, gay, heterosexual, Christian, Muslim, Yoruba, uh, tall, short, college educated, non college. Edu- I mean, the, the differences would literally blow your mind. It is a community. I've never seen this many differences represented in humanity, all on one accord, all in the same place, all loving each other. And for those of our listeners that are interested, as as I am, as I'm sure my other co-hosts are, um, how do we find out about this? Is this something that we can connect through your your Facebook page or your um, you know DanielBlack.org, or how do we find out more about it and um, and, and get the meat and potatoes of it? Well, there is a website which you'll be able to go to in just a moment. We're in the final stages of of tightening that up so that folks all around the world can access it and understand who we are, et cetera, et cetera. For now, we are based in Atlanta. There's also a chapter in New York City. And um, and, and to know more about us, you you could just contact me, you know, through um, through my website, and and we we journey folks. Uh, Five, we journey folks 11, we journey folks 18, we journey folks 45. So, you know, anybody who's willing and who desires to be a part of it, you are absolutely positively welcome. Wow. I I love it. I love your energy. I love your passion for what you do. And my last question just centers around this, and I'm going to just ask you if it's yours, so I can't say that I claim it, but do you know who you are? Do you know what you do, and do you know that there is never an excuse? Please tell me about that. <laughs> that my my best one of my best friends and buddies um uh, um wrote that quote, and um I, you know he, he he's just such an amazing young man, Keith Hamilton Cobb, and and he 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 and I have have, have become very very close over the years, and we share writing and we critique and we laugh, and anytime I'm in New York, I have to see him and. You know, it's just a wonderful relationship. And yes, to answer the question, I do know who I am. Um, it took me years to know, and it and in some ways, I knew who I was long before I believed the world would honor it. But mm-hmm. but I'm at a place now in my both in my own strength and in my own spirituality where I know who I am, and I invite the world to honor it. But if the world doesn't, it doesn't matter mm. because me being who I am, God honors. And ultimately, it is God I'm going to have to give an account to for the way I spent my days and my life, not other human beings. And so, you know, I, you know, I'm clearly a man who um, 
I love who I am. I love what I am. I love how I am. I love the way I am. I love where I am. And um, and I'm really, 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 really happy with the quality of my life at this point. That is outstanding because there are a lot of people who cannot even say that now, and, and not not really because of circumstances, but just because um, they didn't push. You know, yes. just settle. You know, so I That's like right. the fact right. that did not settle. So um, we're going to go to break, and we'll be right back. All right. With Daniel Black. Sweetheart, I've been trying so hard to get over you. I just simply can't. The love we shared through the years meant so much to me. All I'm looking for is just a serious relationship to my whole, all my life. Why don't you give me that commitment? We are back. For those of you who are just tuning in with us, tonight our guest is uh, Daniel Black, an um, outstanding, outstanding human being. Um, he knows who he is, and he loves what he does, and he is doing an awesome job. Um, my co-hosts today are Mario Givens and DeAndrea Bridges. Now, Daniel, tell us what plans you have for 2012, and what can we expect to see? Okay, wow. Um, several things. One, I have put out in the universe the energy, the 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 desire, the claim that Perfect Peace might uh get a movie offer. I was gonna ask you that about a film. Oh my god. You know that's <laughs> I <pretty> just <laughs> then you're in the spirit with me. I just really think it would just really make a great movie. Um, something you might be intrigued to know. I met a person some months ago who told me that she was just in love with this novel, that it was a wonderful novel, that, in fact, she had been blogging about it and telling others about it. And I was really 
I had gone up to her to tell her how wonderful her work was, and she turned around and told me, um, no, Perfect Pieces is amazing. It's a masterpiece. Thank you. I mean, just, just you just really got to know how amazing this work is, and uh, it's it's got to be a movie. You know, it's just got to be a movie, and I'm going to do whatever I can to, to, to help that happen. And I was floored, uh, and I was stunned, and I was talking to Alice Walker. Oh, get out of here. Yes, 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 yes. So um, she she loves this novel. She's endorsed it. In fact, the next printing of Perfect Peace will have her words on the front cover. Oh, my God. Fabulous. Yeah, so... So I think that's all that's going to happen in 2012. Uh, and again, hopefully, you know, we're going to get a movie offer. It has not happened yet, but I'm I'm prayerful and I'm hopeful and I'm speaking those things that are not as though they that's were. That's right. That and we know. are standing in agreement with you. That's right. Uh, Stand in agreement with me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so so that's one thing. A second thing is I'm working on a new book now, a new novel, which I'm hoping to get maybe half of it done in 2012. It's a novel. Um, about a homeless man. The home, a homeless man is the main character, mm. and I, it's. I'm enjoying writing it very, very much. It's a much slower write because you know I've evolved as a writer, so I'm much more meticulous, hopefully, about the language and 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 that kind of thing. But um, I'm hoping to get a lot of that done in 2012. I'm also writing a, a collection of essays. Uh, this and it's getting my first try at personal essays, so I'm going to see if if I can get a lot of that done. Hopefully, I'll get that done in. 2012. I'm still teaching full time, so of course I'm doing that. Um, and um, if I can get, you know, if I get down the road on those things, I'm gonna feel really proud of my year. Well, I must say, if I'm, I'm sure you do, because your confidence just exudes with every word that you speak. But wow, I must thank you. you um, I, I, the energy, your spirit touches me. Wow, and I thank know you. Wow. I'm telling you, I am so, so impressed and so glad to have you. And I just, I mean, just to, you know, even if you never said Alice Walker, if you never, just the passion that you have for your work, and and it speaks for itself, but the passion that you have behind it makes others just want to know more about you. And, I mean, I know you have so many things coming, but what, um, what is your, what's next for you? What can we I look forward to seeing next from Daniel Black. I'm not quite sure. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to finish the novel first or that essay collection. I'm not really, really, really sure. And I'm in the middle of some academic research. Um, I, I'm, I've just, well, I, I've been doing the research for years, but I'm hoping to move towards the writing stage. I'm doing a, an, an examination of the rape and sexual assault of black male slaves by white male slave owners. Wow. Um, and so I, I'd like to get down the road on that if I could sometime this year. But 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 I certainly won't finish that first. I'll, pro- I'll finish either the novel or the essay collection first. So one of them hopefully will, will get done this year. Have you ever considered motivational speaking? Do you know right. people tell me that all the time? And and actually, I do it. I, I I do motivational. I do. I go to colleges and universities all over America, and I do exactly this. I do motivational speaking. I do readings, that kind of thing. And it's just so funny how um you know, I just want to acknowledge that God has given me a gift, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. and it's a gift that I'm trying my best to use to help 
transform life and to heal life and to make people know that they are wonderful and that they are divine and that no demon in hell can ever stop you if you get clear that you are God's child, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I'm just trying to use my life and my life energy to lift up every other life I ever know and I ever meet. Wow. Absolutely. That's amazing. awesome. You guys are. It's awesome. I'm excited. Wow. Thank mm-hmm. you all so much. Yes, you are very amazing. And, um, again, we want to thank you for taking the time out just to, to call us. And, uh, man, wow. Um, where are you? So, you, wait a minute. Where, where are you? Where do you reside? What state do you reside in? I'm in Atlanta. I'm in You're Atlanta. in Atlanta. We're gonna have to BWS gonna have to go to Atlanta. Yes. Yes. Seriously, because this is awesome. Wow. Maybe a writing workshop. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. We will definitely be I will definitely be in the email after the show trying to see what we can kinda get together and have you as the headliner because people need to know about it. And I don't think and and, and this helps, certainly. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I think um, that would be awesome. But again, your works are just amazing, um, unique. You just, you, wow. You just, you, I, I think that you can go under the definition of enjoying life. And, um, yes. Have, definitely. And you don't look for, um, what do you call it? You, you're not worried about um, satisfaction from others. So mm-hmm. I love that. I love it. I love it. And, you know, and again, I, I, I am a man who loves what I do. Uh, and again, I I come from people and I come from a family in Arkansas and, and a community here and a church and, a you know, I just I'm just surrounded by just the most amazing souls. I, I've just had the greatest luck in just knowing people and, and, and meeting people and, and, and loving and embracing people and, and having them to embrace me. You know, there was a day when I I might have been afraid of the world, knowing the totality of me. But but now um, I throw it out to the world because you know I've discovered that in in knowing myself, I have discovered exactly what God is. And if someone and doesn't like me, very humble, and I, I love it. I love it. Oh, thank you. Mm. Thank very you. Humble. Praise God. Mm. And you know, yeah. and I discovered if you don't like me, then you just don't like some of God. I know that's <laughs> right. I know. And I can't help you after that. that. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, when can we expect 12 Gates to the city? Now, 12 Gates is already out. 12 Gates came out in oh, okay. December. In December, okay. That's right, that's right. So 12 Gates to the city is already out. It's got, it's newly released. It's just been out maybe a month or so now, a little over a month. And it's doing really, really well. I think um, so many people have fallen in love with that book now. They were kind of thinking they they couldn't imagine liking anything else after reading Perfect Peace. But I've gotten so many emails and Facebook messages and phone calls saying, um, oh, my God, now I love 12 Gates, too. So uh, when's the next one coming, you know? So I'm very and humbled. I'm very glad. Book? Say it again. Where is it available? Everywhere. Amazon.com, oh, Barnes right. & Noble, you know, like, like anywhere you could look, um, it's there. Okay. We love that. We love that. I don't know if Ms. Um, Mocha told you, but we had actually uh, um, a book club that read. Uh huh. Oh, really? So, yes, yes. And they were very, you know, aside from us already knowing about how great of an author you were, um, they were really vocal in, you know, wanting you to, 
you know, be a part of this show so that they can hear, you know, um, they they were really excited about you. And so we really just want to, you know, make sure that they know that, yes, we got them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I will uh, continuing to post. Uh, matter of fact, I know I'm going to post um, the book and everything on the blog. And so who, those who don't know about it will know about it. Um Again, we just want to thank you for um, chatting with us today, and we look forward to having you back. And like I said, I'm going to set up something where we can get down to Atlanta and um, visit with you, and we can kind of take a snapshot of your world down there. Absolutely. um, Thank you, and we're going to um, conclude the interview. Mario, did you have anything? I have nothing else to say, but thank you. Keep doing the best at what you're doing. Keep saving souls with what you're doing, and, and keep being an awesome person, man. That's the number one thing I, I get from you. You're great, man. Wow, man, that just lifts me. Thank you to all three of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. you y'all have made my day brighter. Okay, wow. that's what we're I here for. You. I cannot wait to meet you. Oh, <laughs> thank you so yeah, much. Me too. me too. Me too, man. I appreciate that. Thank you all. Yes. Okay, so we're going to let you go. You can enjoy the rest of your evening, and um, I'll be chatting with you really soon. Sounds God great. You. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Talk That's to you later. Good. Okay, bye-bye. Wow. Wow. Say it again. <laughs> wow. Wow. I thought Mario was gonna join in and say wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, I, great greatness, greatness, greatness. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. They, they can't say we're not out there. Us to have more people on the show just like him. That's this. That's what. That's what Black Writer Space is all about. That's the definition right there. Now it's not just about anybody who has a book, but what, like, what else about what? What? You know what I'm saying? Like, what? What? Yes, I do. Now, What's the definition behind your name? And he definitely has awesome, awesome, awesome. So I enjoyed that. I'm so glad I had him on, and I need to read that book. I got yes. he sent me the first chapter, and I'm you know I'm still emailing and running around and doing this and doing that. So I still didn't even get a chance to. But you better believe. I'm going to get my head in that book, and I'm interested in actually reading the first one first. Yes. Read Perfect Peace. They tell me of a home. Yes, because he said that's like a sequel. So I'm like, wow. And that's the first one popped in my head. I wonder if he's going to do a film. And I want to I want to read The Sacred Place about the Mega Everest thing. So. Right, right. I love books like that. Yeah. I am. I'm blown away. We'll I don't know. What's on tonight? We've had good guests, and one thing I love about the show is that we have such a range of different people with different talents and different backgrounds and different writing styles, and it never ceases to amaze me at the amount of talent that we have out here. And I just want to just once again give you guys kudos for the vision, for the, you know, the, the, the gumption, to sit down and do it, and I'm so proud of you all. Every time I hear it, every time we air, every time something goes forth, I just I, the blessings are just the 
it's no no limit. It's no limits on this thing. Do you guys realize that? Uh, yeah. Well, to be honest with you, you need to stop saying thank you to me and Tiffany. It's, we all in this together, you know. We, I'm you are like, amazing. Okay. Tiffany is amazing. Y'all, when there's days where I can't come on the show, I listen to the – when I go back and listen, I'm like, okay, Okay, step your game up, Rio. Step your game up. They they killing you right now. They killing you. Y'all good, man. Y'all y'all keep me inspired. D, yo your question. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You. D D sound like. Well, let me tell you something. Um, how do you do it? That is amazing, yo. Like you. <laughs> I mean, you got. We got to tell each other the truth around here. You know, we can't. We have a yeah. good. Show all the time, and and as you keep as you see every show we have on, on every person that we have on the show, they have something not only positive, but they got something that we can take from it into our own lives. Like this brother here, for the listeners, go to this man website, check him yeah. out. This guy's like this dude got degrees like no other. He went to Oxford. He's like black like, education royalty. <laughs> Oxford, like Oxford, I, I, Oxford, like what's that? Like I thought, well, okay. he could, he could, he skipped past it, and I'm like, not only did he go to Oxford, like in London, I mean not London, but in England, but Hi. he graduated magnum cum laude of his class. Can you imagine? It, it was awesome. Those, those are role models. Those are role models we need in this world. They, they, they out there. They out there, yeah. and I appreciate that they come on on our show, and and I don't care if it's for ten minutes, for an hour, for an hour thirty minutes. I'm writing down their name so I can keep in contact with them and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And think about Great this, show. you guys. Remember, probably about maybe it probably wasn't two weeks ago. We were just talking about finding. Um, we were talking about going to the other college. I think it was South Carolina somewhere, but we were talking about the other college, and I was saying we need to speak with the professor so we can see if it was if we can get part of one of their classes with students. Remember, I was just saying that right. this man right. been for twenty. He's been teaching for twenty years. He's a ten-year professor. See how God works. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know why. Long and way. And you know what? No matter what, Mario, they always want the male perspective. We can ask all the questions we want, but it seems like they light up when you get on the air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I agree with that, really. Seriously. And then, Mario, you talking about D questions, you come up with, well, you know what? And it'd be real smooth. Yeah. Like, sometimes I struggle with my words and, and different, you know, if I'm trying to get up my point across or whatever, but he come in like, man, yo, da, 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 da. it'd be all right. small. I mean, like, <laughs> no, it's just when I, when I, like, research the author or the, the whoever the guest may be when I research them or, or just read their material, it's always something that just sparked my mind. I just want to know, you know what I mean? I, I, I'm not in the business of getting too personal, but I just want to know, like, like, when you look at that, that cover, that book, you like, this guy walking down the dirt road with a suitcase and, and his coat behind his back. You can see the old plantation field. You're like, where you going, dude? Like, I just want to know where this dude going. And what made you pick that particular picture for that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just like the little girl with the uh, the dial in her hand. Like, why that picture? 
You know, but those I mean, are I questions that other people want to know the answer to. So you ask those questions that other people want to know the answer to. That's awesome. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, think, I think we complement each other. I do. Well, yeah, because at the end of the day, it's like, once again, we keep saying this, and I know we got a lot of new listeners on the show. This show is not script. We don't sit in a studio and have a, a piece of paper in front of us saying, okay, uh, Mario, you talk at this time. D, you talk at this time. No, you ask that question, Tiffany. We don't do that. This comes from our soul, and it comes from God, and I would like for you guys to keep listening to the show, supporting us, because we got other big things coming, and we're very humble. I said it Oh, yes, room. we got some big things coming next week. I'm not going to reveal it. Oh, but, um, oh, Mario, <laughs> it's like, dude, guess who we, it's going to be hot. Y'all, y'all don't yeah, miss when it. You, when you told me who we that, got on the show, that, I, I put I put my chicken wings down. I don't even like, know. You know <laughs> we ain't going to tell you. You can't hold no water. All right, just let me know. I don't know. Better, better than the time of Terry Cow. Yeah. Right. I think hey, so. I'm not going to say all right, all right. I, 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 I not necessarily better, not necessarily better, but in that same arena, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That same arena as far as the popularity and <laughs> wow, like all I got to say, say is everybody that's listening, everybody that's gonna click back and listen to us probably tomorrow or throughout the week, uh, throughout Facebook, we're gonna be posting certain little things. Just come and support this show. Not only next week, but this week, help yes. each other out. Yes. Help the cause of literacy. Help the cause of writing. Help the cause of of nonprofit. If you want to be in the business of helping others, not with just money, but with your soul and spirit, Black yes. Writers Faith is the answer. Absolutely, you can always email us with any ideas or. Um, or um, show topics that you might want to hear about, because we are kind of not necessarily switching up, but just kind of adding some little treats on. Like last night, I had the relationship. Interesting. You did the wow factor, girl. I did the wow factor on Monday. So next Monday, next Monday, uh, we're going to have, um, even if I have to, I don't have my schedule done for next week yet. I'm waiting to get back some emails for some really um, awesome guests, the, the little surprises. But I think I'm going to do the relationship segment on Monday. So with that being said, I have someone I'm bringing in who has so much to say about the relationship. If any of you listened to the show last night with my horror stories, well, he's coming with the man uh, view of his experiences and, and um, how he feels. Trust me, he has a lot to say every time I see him. And, and he gets to talking. I'm like, you need to write a book. He could very well write a book about relationships and dating. And he's kind of like the voice of, you know, usually hear women with the with the baby daddy drama and this is support story, this and that. He got some stuff. So I'm going to bring him in. His name is Steve. Steve will be with us Monday evening. Um uh, you know, I'll be posting everything if anything changes because uh, I am waiting to get some emails back from some real big people that I'm so amazed that they email me right back, like, sure, <laughs> okay. So I'm just waiting to find out, um, getting the confirmation from uh, PRs and assistants, and we'll be um, 
We're going to be rolling. And then I also want to um, want to give the email address. Like I said before, if you have any ideas or um, topics for the show or just want to contact us, our email is blackwriterspace with two S's at gmail.com. Our blog site is www.blackwriterspace with two S's dot blogspot.com. And, of course, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Yes, and you can email us good or bad comments. We accept them all. <laughs> What's wrong, Mario? You can can I, no, no, no. I just want to uh, camel back a little bit on what you just said as far as when you send things to the email section or those who are friends with us on Facebook or Twitter, whatever the case may be. If you want to, uh, I mean, not if you want, if you know any place like a school, a uh, nonprofit organization that wants want people to come and talk, uh, to yes. the youth or just talk to people and motivate them, let us know because we'll, we'll come and check it out and we'll come to any book signings you may know that we may not grab or uh, may have some information about, but yeah. we'll come and check it out. And like I said, we we trying to do a lot of things and we trying to take on a lot of tasks and we want y'all help. And it's no us without you guys. So when you when you let us know what's going on, don't don't hesitate. I mean, send us an email, send us a Facebook chat, send us whatever you can to touch us so we can touch you. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to start trying to post events and stuff more and more because there's so many literary events that's going on that people don't even know about. So um, I'm trying to just map out which ones I'm going through this year. I know I have a few in mind that I've always been watching for years and years, but of course, when you lock down on a nine to five, you can't always just jump up and go. So um, now that I'm making my own schedule, I'm, I want to make some of these events, especially the Black Writers Conference, the Black Writers Reunion and Conference. I want to hit that. I want to hit the Harlem Book Fair. I am dying to go to New York. So, anyhow, uh, Dee, did you have anything on the health? The health. No, not tonight. I would love, love, love for our listeners to email any comments, questions, or concerns, even you two. Anything you want to address, anything that's pressing, something's going on. We always, as African Americans, unfortunately, deal with a lot of diseases that other people don't deal with. Sickle cell being one, um, we have a high incidence of fibroids. So maybe we'll do fibroids tomorrow or uh, whatever day you say this week. I think that's a good topic. A lot of African-American women deal with fibroid tumors, and I think that that would be a good topic to explore. So I think that would be a good thing. But even still, if you guys can think of something or any of our listeners want to um, send us, please, please send us an email, and I will definitely get to you. Um, Mario, anything from the blog or the chat room? Well, uh, I'm inside the chat right now. Well, the champagne room is not available right now, but we in, a, in the chat room, we got a couple of people, you know, coming in and out of it. Uh, and I want to I want to talk a little bit about the uh, the word wow. For those who are new to the show, we do use the word wow a lot. So a lot. What are you talking about? Talking about so why are you saying wow? We say wow because we don't want to curse. We don't want to say you know what I'm saying? We want to say, wow, right. that's amazing to hear not only our people, but people itself doing great things in this world that we don't hear about. 
this man that was just on the show, what he had on TV, I don't see him on CNN, BET, but he's on Why? telling us his story. So that won. is wild. Right. But Tiffany used the word wild more than everybody. So when you use the word wild from the female standpoint, that's Tiffany. Okay, go ahead. Hey, my wild factor last night, so next week it'll be something, maybe it'll be something else. I don't know. But and you know um, what? I, I really want our listeners to listen to the show from last night. I thought it was interesting. My voice was able to be heard from my, my little experience. <laughs> I just, I don't know. But anyway, um, we have uh, a statement that was made in the in the chat room. January is National Glaucoma Month. Okay. So maybe we can get in something on the health corner before the end of the month on that topic. Sounds good. Glaucoma is definitely related to diabetes, which is really high, um, has a very high incidence in African-American communities. So absolutely, um, we have one side of the debate of glaucoma as far as diabetes and the other side of the debate as far as medical marijuana. And so we definitely mm. can touch upon the glaucoma issue. As far as the word wow, sometimes, what you hear, like this gentleman, Mr. Black, I'm telling you, what? Daniel Pierre Black was wow. Sometimes well, that's all you can say. It's an exactly. adjective to describe everything. Wonderful, um, unique, amazing, talented, gifted, uh, just so many things that sometimes you can't put them all in words. So what do you say? Wow. Right. Wow. Absolutely. And you know what? Uh, if they if we have some of our callers call in, then they can say what they what, whatever words they want to, whatever adjectives they want to use. Callers or listeners, we definitely ask you to please call in. Do not be shy. We want to hear from you. Our authors, our guests want to hear from you. We want questions from you. So please don't be shy. Please call in and ask us your questions or share a comment. Or if you read the book or you're thinking about reading the book or you heard of the author before, anything, just call in and, and let us know. Absolutely. Um, we are here to support all writers, not just book, uh, if you have a book, but basically writers, authors, songwriters, screenplay writers. Oh, that reminds me of another surprise I got for um Probably next week also. Next week's lineup is high. I'm just telling y'all right now. Um, so, yeah, basically. Uh, also, I want to say that if anyone knows of anybody that's incarcerated and they are currently writing a book, working on a book, or they have some books, I want to hear from them. I had a guy call me today, and he's in uh, Indianapolis. And I've seen his name all over Facebook, so when he called, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to definitely, um, he'll be on with us next week also. I just need to look at my calendar and see where I'm going to schedule him at. But um, I'm looking to have him on. And what I want to do is collaborate with some writers that are in, you know, that are serving time. They have a voice also, and Black Writers Race wants to be the voice for them. Yeah. You know, who's to say that? Your story, and then some of the best stories, they don't have nothing but time. You Absolutely. know, so all kind of books. The, the guy who contacted me, what, back in September, October, October, 
he had eight books, and two of them was was um, published under Wahida Clark. So that's hot. She's big. So you know, you never know. But um, the guy contacted me, and so I will be having him on soon. But what I want to say is the the branch connected to Black Writers Space. I want to call it for the the writers that are incarcerated. I want to call it a right to live, and the right would be spelled W R I T E. So, um, for those of you all who know anybody incarcerated and they write and they have a book or they want to write, connect us with them um, through email, through Facebook. Our uh, business number is three one two eight eight four one two eight six, and uh, we're always looking to add to our family. So that's awesome. Uh, Some of the the best poets, songwriters, yeah. um, some of these rappers that are out here rapping songs that we think are so catchy, those came from people in jail. You right. know. Or when they were in jail they wrote them. You know, right. we get Tupac. We get fifty cents. Oh. You know. Being incarcerated doesn't mean you don't have talent. Unfortunately it just means that your talent is being spent someplace that shouldn't be, but does not negate the fact that you are talented. So absolutely, I, I concur 100%, 100%. And I think that's great, right to life. I love it. I love it. Right to live? Right, right to live. live. Right to live. I love that. I love that. So we I can think uh, of a website. Oh, I haven't uh, Googled but that was the name I got. I haven't Googled no, it. No, not so. you. Uh, not that. I'm talking about the um, um, incarcerated individuals. Have diff- there are different websites that you can reach out to them. So we'll have to look into that. I believe that they oh, do have websites. And you know what? Normally, I'm, I've, since the radio show like has really been taking off and pretty much keeping me busy, um, it, it's kind of slowing up the process of the magazine, but I'm going to get that before the end of the month because we're going to go ahead and put out the digital issue. Um, but, um, what was I going to say? I can't remember what I was going to say. Uh, okay, my man went blank. You were saying about Googling? Oh, that I normally search during my little social networking thing. I usually, I'm on all those different sites. Like, I'm just Googling different stuff and I... I didn't get so busy. It's like, wow, I don't even have time to. I really would be posting. Now I just mainly post on Facebook and Twitter. But normally I would be posting on Facebook, Twitter, and maybe 20 other sites. You know how Joey Pinkney was saying how he's just always, I used to be like that, but it's it's slowing up because my, my plate is getting bigger. So it's like I don't have time, but I'm going to have to try to see what I can find and start posting and, because you find people all over the place. There may be a website that's not popular at all, and you will find a yeah. uh, of people on there. So, absolutely. Um, let's take a break, and we're gonna when we come back, we're gonna wrap it up. Okay, sounds good.
Good evening. This is Black Rider Space. And um, if you're just tuning in, we had a great, great, great guest tonight, Daniel Black. Amazing, amazing author, writer, um, professor, uh, Ph.D., attended uh, Oxford University in England. I mean, what? For real? Um, Awesome human. Um, And my two co-hosts today are DeAndrea Bridges and Mario Givens. It was a great show, guys. I am so tired. I think I'm going to tonight. Really, I'm so serious. The last couple, you know, I had the drama this weekend, so I really didn't I sleep like I normally do. I think that adrenaline from the weekend, you just kept it going, girl, all the way to last night, and I think you finally coming down from it. I yeah, but I'm finally coming down asleep. from it. Yeah, I'm asleep. Um... Peace. I pray when I get up and do my prayer in the morning, I I ask God for peace. I mean, I thank Him for peace. I just like so when something like that is just kind of like disrupted, and it's like, what? Okay, you don't even belong in my circle. Get go, you know. So I had to get back to Tiffany. How did he like the show last night? Did he listen? He listened. He listened to the entire show, and he was kind of upset because he said I did. I should have delivered it different and. This and that, and but what was crazy was that I, everything that I said on the show, I had already said to him. So it wasn't like I got on the show and turned into a different person. I'm still here. I still the facts. So whatever. Some people has. I think he has a mental issue with accepting <laughs> responsibility of being wrong. No, seriously. And it's, it's sad, but if you like that, you can just pray for him. So anyway, he's not even worth the conversation anymore. Um, Mario, what did you think about the show last night? Mario, <laughs> well, I had, uh, shut up, shut up. Well, wait, can I say one thing? Sure. Can I say one thing? Right. I didn't. I was not trying to bash in. I was only talking about the the um, because I didn't want no. If we did have some men listening, I didn't want anybody thinking that I was like, oh, all men are dogs, isn't it? I never oh. say that. I don't know all men. This world got a million some people. That. In. We said but, that last night. Well, somebody said that I, I didn't. They didn't hear me. Say that. So I just no, want to. We did. It. We both. I think we both said that it wasn't towards the one I have experienced. I can only yeah. talk about what I experienced. So I, I wasn't bashing men. You know, Mario's the only guy on the show, and I don't ever want him to feel like, you know, we're um, attacking the mm-hmm. the culture of the man at all. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just want to say that. Yeah, you jumped on defensive real quick. Go ahead, Mario. What did you think yeah, about this? He, he, had, he had to come with the disclaimer first before anything happened. Like, yo, wait a minute. <laughs> well, I came in at the towards the end, and that's what I actually thought, that it was more so fashion pretty much all men because of, of one situation or certain situation. So I came in at towards the end, and, I mean, any topic you talk about, there's will always be mixed reviews on it from other people. So it's, that's not really a problem. I just came in at the end, so I didn't. When I heard something, I was like, "Wait a minute!" Like, what? But did you know you go that? I'm just sitting there like, "Wait a minute!" You know what are you saying? So I mean, I talked to Tiffany this morning about it, and we kind of cleared the perception of what was. Thought of, because I wasn't the only one who thought that, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, let me talk to her, 
what was going on because I didn't have time to go back and listen to the whole show oh, because okay. I was at work. So, I, and and that's why I called you this morning. And it was like, look here, who you bashing around here? But <laughs> oh, okay, day, Mario, we didn't have no guys to call in last night, so can oh, you? Oh, we sure didn't. Can you? Oh wow, okay, it's, we got. We couldn't pay a guy to call in last night. Real quick, can you tell us? Um, can you give us the male perspective? Because that's all I wanted. I wanted a male perspective. Would you, or do you know you or anyone that you know that's a man, a, a man, grown man, that will settle for being faithful to a married woman as opposed to having someone he can have to call his own? Do you? What's your view? Well, like I said, I didn't listen to the whole show itself, so you need to ask me that tomorrow or something because <laughs> I want to listen to the whole show before I even... Yeah, okay. i listen to it tonight. But, huh? You can wait if you want to wait and listen to it and then yeah, give me yeah, your... Yeah, I, I want to listen to the whole show. Oh, and sorry. I want to listen to the... I'm, I'm going to do it as soon as we finish this show, wrap this one up. I'm going right in and I'm going to do okay. my due diligence and, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the answer tomorrow after we finish after with I the guest. So, okay. you know, so... That's and then I'm gonna give my perspective, which my perspective is my perspective is not the the world of men perspective, it's just mine. So okay. we'll take care of that tomorrow. I just want to hear from a man, and it would have been nice to have like a couple of different, cause like you say, everybody got their own perspective. So it would have been nice to hear from at least two or three, but you know nobody's talking. It's, it's because <laughs> in certain situations you have to look at it like some people are private, some people may just not know what to say, or some people just don't want to talk about it because they feel like they're being put in, you know, front street or it's different reasons why you, we may not have some callers that can't uh, call in or talk That's about fine. it. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we all been through heartbreaks. We all been through uh, situations where we either cheated or we either was the one who cheated on somebody. But at the end of the day, you got to look at each situation accordingly to that situation and know that, Things happen for a reason because I heard you say yesterday that, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you helped me. I'm going to write another book on you. So mm-hmm. everything happens for a reason and mm-hmm. know that lessons are learned and it ain't about you. Remember, this ain't about you. That happened mm-hmm. wasn't about you. It was about that situation. I'm not going to get in depth with that because mm-hmm. I'm going to say something for tomorrow. Okay. All right. Boy, that's why I love us. That's why. It is. It's the truth. It's real. It's raw. And it is what it is. And we do it all in the the name of love, though, for real. I like that. I always got each other's back. We have um, 90 seconds. (laughs) So uh, I love y'all. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. I will be emailing information about the guests tonight. Okay. Love Mario. you too, Spooky. <laughs> yeah. All right, y'all enjoy the rest of the day.
God's grace is real because it washes me new. 